0: Hi everybody, it's I'm here with magazine, and we were are with the amazing Fred Keating. He is the voice of God in the Alberta industry, well known from that, but he has done so many projects within his career. He has been as well the announcer for Banff World Media Festival for over 30 years. And this year, he won, uh, was honoured with an award at the Rosie Awards. So how do you feel about that, Fred?
1: I I feel like I'm Canada's uh, best-kept secret and a legend in my own mind. We think
0: so, too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we saw you in Damnation, van helsing supernatural unspeakable and you've been in a bunch of hallmark movies recently too
1: i have i've become the cutest old codger in the uh, hallmark universe
0: (laughs) what is the newest project that you've been working on
1: you know i've just been uh, cast in uh something for lifetime network called uh, a very vintage christmas and uh Uh, I can't say too
2: much about it except the old guy gets the girl. What? I'm very excited Uh. about that. It's just, apparently
1: uh, a number of these uh, organizations that crank out these movies for television are are, uh, uh, taking the hint that a lot of folks who watch it are of a certain age and a certain generation and instead of always the love stories being about the young people, uh, that occasionally uh, there's... uh, uh, still with some glowing embers in the old fireplace uh, itself. And so, uh, in some cases now, the plots, the stories of the movies, or the B-plot, they call it, the B-story, uh, has to do with an older couple.
0: That's wonderful. Are, uh, uh, getting connected one way or another, or reunited,
1: or uh, discovering uh, each other for the first time. So, it's... it's uh, uh, for, for, for guys my age, it's a, it's a bit of a lifeline, so I'm uh, I'm making the best of it.
0: So we're gonna see you trying to hit up some romance. Wow, that'll yeah, be a different side of you that we haven't seen before.
1: That will one that's rarely photographed. That's true. <laughs>
0: Well, you did an amazing um, photo shoot with Catherine Calnan right after um, the Rosie Awards when we had met you there. That was such an experience to see such uh, honor bestowed upon you. Well, we just, uh, <laughs> you,
1: were, you were very, as you know, you were very instrumental in setting that up, Jill, and I deeply appreciate it. She was... Uh, terrific uh, her husband who works with her on the technical side in terms of lighting and ambiance and uh, the odd uh, uh, prop or or design piece in the in the picture and their delightful little girl as well uh, it was a lovely afternoon and and uh, 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 I've seen some of the pictures not all of them and uh, and she uh, she did a wonderful job and I, I'm deeply grateful to you for setting that up
0: Oh no problem. People will be able to get to see that photo with a red backdrop. And my you do look pretty handsome. You should definitely be putting that on your IMBD to show <laughs> to show hey this new movie you've got being a romantic, I think that fits fits the view actually. You look really good in the photos. We were happy for how they turned out. So the exciting thing about you is your title that you have, The Voice of God. That's So funny to us, but yet it is so true.
1: (laughs) Well, it's there's, yeah, that that's a nickname. But but uh, truth be told, of course, it's often the way that uh, that those disembodied voices behind the curtain that boom out uh, over the speakers, ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin.
0: Oh, you uh, do much more than that. When we were at the Banff World Media Festival, we were there when uh, Juno Rinaldi was hosting, yeah. and we got to hear you and how much your voice just makes the the tone, the seriousness, the uh, honoring the people for winning awards and all. You did such a great job, and we have such a smooth, cool voice. <laughs>
1: That's very kind of you. I I can't take full credit for it. They tell me it's my grandfather's voice. So uh, apparently it's just a rental and it will have to go back someday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. You're so funny. Um, So you've also been on Blackstone, which is a huge project. (laughs) that's in Alberta, you're you're now in Vancouver, you're from Ohio, you moved to Edmonton, and then, then Vancouver. So you are a Canadian artist, I but am. also American. So how do you feel about that?
1: Well, I feel it doubles your chances <laughs> uh, in terms of uh, work on either side of the border, as well as when American companies uh, come up to Canada in order to uh, shoot, uh, various series or feature films, they are often looking for actors who can do an American accent. And with all due respect to my Canadian colleagues, occasionally the slightly different pronunciations that Canadians put on certain words, like uh, about and uh, ending their sentences with a hey, uh, nice day or or sorry instead of sorry, uh, sometimes the American folks uh, have a tendency to look for those actors up here who have American accents uh, without the the little Canadian aspects uh, bleeding in. And so I've been fortunate uh, in that way to be able to play uh, uh, both sides of the border, so to speak. In the Canadian projects, I say project. In American projects, I say project. You know. Mm. It's... uh, It's, it's, I've been very lucky, let me put it that way. I've been very fortunate. I've met a lot of great people up here who I have to say were the making of me and have have given me a chance. And while you mentioned uh, uh, Blackstone, uh, I I, I also, that's a creation by a a terrific Metis. writer, director, producer named Ron Scott. Yeah. He's just wrapping up a series, his second uh, big, big series called Tribal. Yeah. Uh, it's getting close to completion in Calgary. And he's one of the few guys, Jill, who came up to me after a particular event or at the PAMP Festival when he was doing Blackstone. And he said, you know, Fred, I'm going to get you on my series Blackstone. You know, and I said, well, thank you very much. And then my inside voice was saying you know if i had a nickel for every time a guy said he was going to put me in a thing i, I could buy this hotel <laughs> but in fact about uh 10 days later my agent got a call he said it's ron scott i was talking to fred keating at Banff and i told him i was going to put him in my series and i got a part for him and i'd like him to be in edmonton in about two weeks and i'll send you the scripts and all the details he was his Good as his word, Jill. Which is sometimes in our industry, uh, the truth is a fairly elastic kind of of thing. But uh, he said he was going to get me involved, and by golly, uh, 10, 12 days later, I was on the set of Blackstone for a couple of episodes. And he was—he's uh, terrific. He really generates work for uh, uh, a, a lot of people, cast and crews. He's—I allow. I got a lot of respect for
0: Ron Scott. Oh, yes. Everybody's chatting about him, actually, because of Tribal. It's been uh, shared upon the uh, Alberta industry. Everybody's excited to see it and to be a part of it. We actually have uh, a few people within the magazine that are in the show. So uh, I hope to to definitely interview him one day, too. But speaking of interviewing, you have your own podcast, Monetizing Your Creativity. And you have done a lot of interviewing. So when we first met you and you had shared a lot of information with us, kind of educating and showing how you did it, which was so appreciative. And one day we will utilize that. (laughs) But um, you have interviewed people like John Candy, Eugene Levy, You worked with him as well back in the, the 80s, I think it was. Yes, and then yep. you also Jane Goodall, which was a huge thing when you told us that we uh, hopped on your your podcast and listened to that. And you're amazing at interviewing people. You're you're way better at it than we are. That's for sure. <laughs> oh,
1: uh, you know but, that's a matter of of flight time. It's just a matter of, of getting the hours in. Uh, where in fact, if uh, if I've done that. 500 times and and you've done it a hundred times well there's a little bit of a gap there but it's not one that it's it's like flying hours for a young pilot it's just a matter of getting the hours in and and things come a little easier to you. fall into an approach that that works and uh and so i you know those comparisons are always (laughs) a little funny kid because you know i'm just a few feet further down the path than you are and that's about the only difference
0: you have a lot of experience speaking in public, being an announcer in radio, teaching classes for acting and art. So you have a lot of knowledge behind you to really connect with people. And I really found that about you. You're, you're a big deal to the Alberta industry in, you know, as a person and with your talent and everything you've achieved. But the way you are is so down to earth and opening your, your arms and to, hey, what do you need? Can I do this for you? There, uh, we've worked with many people who do not give us as much access and uh, information about them to research and, and make sure we have all the information that you want us to share as well. So you're very precise, smart, but very kind. So it's been a pleasure getting to know you and work with you already. Oh, that's
1: very, that's very generous of you to say. Uh, I, I just... Uh, um I've been treated very well by folks in the industry, and and I uh, think the least one can do is, uh, we're all in this boat together, and uh, uh, what's that old saying, you know, be be, uh, be nice to the people that you meet on the way up, because they're the same people you'll meet on the way down. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a little self-preservation in there. I just, I, I'm very grateful to the folks that have given me a hand, and I think, again, if they were a few miles ahead of me on uh, in a career, there wasn't much I could do for them. But what I could do is turn around and do it to the next person down the line, the people that are a few uh, a few feet, uh, a few meters behind me. So. Um,
0: that's cool that you're doing that you're helping the next generation of artists i do see that a little bit within other uh with musicians and with the artists of uh doing like remakes like elton john just did his amazing new project and i see that, that that the next generation is being um kind of brought up by the veterans and the big celebrities now of who you know they choose who to help or whatnot but mentorship, I think, is huge.
1: Well, you get to a point, I think, Jill, where the experiences you've gathered, you've gathered, and the knowledge that you have, you know, and you can always add to that. But, but really, sometimes I think to myself, it's it's not much good if I keep it to myself it's not much good if it just rattles around in my head or in my scrapbooks Uh, one of the ways to put that knowledge and experience to use is to share it
0: and you certainly have done that get it out there yeah, with your podcast, I believe you've given back and put the spotlight on others. Even though you're a big star, you do that. There's not many that I see who are just strictly actors They're doing their own thing. And I like that you're giving back and, you know, not scared to do other things, even though you're already an established artist as an actor. So... That, to me, shows you're, you're really real, I guess. And you just love the art, and you do it for that specific reason. And you're you not a showboat at all. I couldn't believe how shy you were on stage of the Rosies. And you were like, no, no, I don't deserve this. And I just thought that was so cool how humble you are. And that really touched us. Well,
1: it's very kind of you. That was a heck of a night they they. Uh... As you know kind of sprang that on me and yeah. it came as uh you know, we were within moments of closing the show and i thought this is great it's gone pretty well that's you know we're we're in the last lap and then they <laughs> then they threw that big monkey wrench in the works
0: <laughs> it was a beautiful photo that our uh, photographer jordan gooden had uh, taken with you at the podium and then the whole uh, ampia group right behind you with bill evans who had headed that so it was a big deal for Alberta, the, the Alberta industry, I felt, or at least the people that were there, because honoring another is sometimes shows the other artists that like, hey, you if you do this, if you work hard, maybe one day you could be achieve, achieve that, that accolade of sorts when you deserve it. And not knowing that that was even happening to you makes it so organic and again, real. So we felt like you really deserved it. You've been uh, a host for them for so long, like 20 plus years, right? So
1: Yeah, that was my 25th anniversary. It was the 25th time I'd hosted it. I think that's probably why they picked that particular evening to, mm. to spring it on me. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs>
2: so you
0: do a lot of traveling with your work. Like, how do you deal with that? You know, like you're in Calgary, you're in Edmonton, you're in the States, you're in Vancouver well, most of the time.
1: You know, there's an old there's an old saying in in show business that that says, uh, um, if you're really good at what you do, you're on the road a lot. Mm. And if you're not very good at what you do, you're on the road a lot.
2: <laughs>
1: so one way or the other. Uh, in this particular business uh, uh, travel can be a, a very good sign that you're busy and making money or it can be uh, uh, well, I, I burnt my bridges in this town I better move to someplace else kind oh, of thing goodness. but uh, yes, I do a lot of traveling and, and of course, the more you travel especially if that travel is paid for by other people who are pulling you to another city or another country to, to do some work for them uh, the more you fly, of course, the uh, the better your kind of flying privileges get. You know, you get the free baggage and you get the upgraded and stuff like that because they. I, I know a lot of uh, employees, airline employees, in uh, the Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and Toronto airports. You know, I get off the plane and it's, uh, oh, hi, Fred, you're back again. What are you doing? <laughs> you <know? laughs> <laughs> so uh, just when by dint of being there uh, several times a year or sometime, sometimes several times a month. But uh, I, I must say I enjoy it, but nothing is quite as enjoyable, uh, A, as going to a place I've never been before. That still excites me as much as anything else, really, uh, to be in a place, however uh, remote or metropolitan that I've never been before is always very exciting to me and nothing can go wrong I always say nothing can go wrong on a going home day you know when when the job is done and you're headed home I don't care if I get stranded for 24 48 72 hours I don't care my nose is pointed in the right direction I'm going home and uh, uh, with a job uh, hopefully well done check in my pocket and, and happy to be headed home so I, I enjoy travel. I think I picked that up from my dad, who was a, a traveling guy himself. And uh, uh, you learn a lot when you're on the road.
0: What did your dad do?
1: He was what they call a manufacturer's representative. And by that I mean he was like an agent or a salesperson for about five different companies. And this was in, the, in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, in the 50s and 60s when the automobile industry was uh, centered there and, and uh, did a crazy amount of, of retooling every single year. They brought out new models of cars or new versions of their older models. And so there was a turnaround time when they were uh, adjusting their assembly lines and stuff when there was a, a great demand for what they called expanded metal chain work and uh, assembly line uh, conveyor belts and things like that. And so my dad represented uh, a few large companies outside of Detroit who wanted inroads into the automobile industry. So he uh, was the representative for about four or five different companies located in Ohio or Indiana or Illinois who uh, would spend time in Detroit demonstrating what the products they had to sell that they thought the the auto people would be interested in. Uh, It was a good living, but he was away a lot. And uh, when I got a little older, I got to travel with him, especially in the summertime between uh, uh, school days. Uh, I got to see a fair amount of the country uh, just by being in the car with him as he traveled over the five or six states in the immediate Midwest of America.
0: Well, that must have been a little bit of an inspiration to you then, eh?
1: Well, it's funny. He would drop me at either a library or a museum or, in some cases, a school park. And about 20, and he'd drop me at 8 o'clock in the morning and say, I'll I'll pick you up for lunch. So, you know, there's a library, go read, and there's a playground, so go play, and I'll see you right here by this big tree at at noon. And off he'd go, and... uh, a couple of interesting things happened. At one point, I got dropped at a school just during their uh, uh, recess when all the kids were out playing. So uh, I started playing with a bunch of kids in the schoolyard, and then the bell rang and they all had to go in the school. Mm. And so they all went into the school, and I was standing out there by myself in the playground. And the principal came out of the school and said, "Why aren't you in class?" I said, well, I don't go to this school. He said, everybody goes to a school around here. What school do you go to? And I said, well, I'm not from here. I'm from another city. And he, he started to pull me into this school to call the truant officer and find out why this why this kid was roaming the streets. <laughs> and uh, uh, we got inside his office. When we got inside his office, I, uh, he got on the phone. And the minute he turned his back, I ran like hell out of that school, and across huh. the playground, and into a park, a forest across the road, where I hid behind a tree until my dad's car showed up about an hour and a half later.
0: <laughs> what a rebel you were, eh? <laughs> but, uh,
1: but then, you know, I would, uh, about 20 years later, I was uh, directing a small touring theater group. And we went around from town to town uh, doing our little shows, our improv shows. And we got to a school and i was i was sure i'd never been to that town before but i i got out and i'm walking around the playground and what i saw was a huge old uh, cannon by their flagpole they had an old uh, civil war cannon or something and i thought boy i've been here before i don't
2: oh crazy no, well.
1: I, I mean i don't think i've ever been in this town before but Look at this, this I remember sitting on this cannon and, and was that a dream or was it was the school I'd been chased out of about 20 years earlier.
0: I was gonna ask you that <laughs> is that if so, life comes back around like the circle. thing yeah, the things you do when you're young influence the people that you've met you've talked to. I swear that has been happening to me exactly because when you and I first met, I was super gung-ho to interview interview you and we kinda of waited a little bit just for from certain reasons and stuff and then we're doing it again or whatnot. But I saw you just the other day randomly as heck in the uh commercial um of in between that that show that's on air oh, right yes. now. Yes. And I couldn't believe it. And you know why? It was because your voice I swear to God, I'd seen you in it, but your voice is what I totally remember. I was like, I jumped out of my seat and was like, oh my God, that's Fred. What? What's he doing? I didn't know he's in this. And like rewinding it over and over. And then you're just, the scene that you're doing is a very serious scene, like saying, thank you for bringing my daughter back to us. And I thought, oh my God, he is everywhere. And I've been watching Hallmark movies recently for some reason. I feel like today's, Uh, messages and what they're showing on television now is a lot more sexual is a lot more real which is good but at the same time it's kind of sometimes with people with families it's really important to shelter the kids until they're ready to see that kind of topic yeah. certain stuff. Yeah. And even I feel that way sometimes as a woman. Sometimes I don't want to see all the the women naked on TV or or all these sex scenes. And Hallmark does a really great job with um, you know, like Candace Cameron is one of my favorites on and you as well, on the Hallmark movies. But uh I really like how they do that. And then when you had first told me that you work with Hallmark, I thought, "Wow, you are seen a lot." Because Hallmark is a huge, huge uh, channel for a lot of people
2: um, in Canada,
0: especially watch it. Yeah, so. And
1: you know, I think the good news is, uh, and uh, they were so conservative for a number of of years. And again, I think giving their audience uh, what they figured their audience wanted to see. But I have to also uh, compliment them. The last uh, several projects I've been on. Uh, have had a remarkable increase in diversity. Yes, and,
0: that's uh, true. And there's and, kissing. They're it's
1: Acknowledging the role that all sorts of, of cultures play in our society in, in North America. And, uh, uh, and I think that gives an added, I think, level of uh, accessibility and relatability to potential viewers who want to see themselves uh involved in the stories however
2: funny they can relate curious.
1: yeah you know uh, anyway I, I just i thought i'd throw that in because it has been something that over the last few years i've noticed in terms of progress uh in, and i think
0: storytelling and the characters
1: to, uh, responding to uh, the people who've gotten involved and, and mentioned it
0: yeah, de- definitely diversity. You know, you playing a character that's, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, over fifty or whatnot is uh, is very relatable. There's, I feel like the population in Canada is actually older, to be honest. So I feel like that's wonderful for the audience that want to see that and want to see something different. So you know, the age age to ethnicity is changing, and it should. Inclusion is a huge thing right now and uh, I don't know if it was really different like the way they cast people back then you know like people who are indigenous or even black they would you know paint their faces or something you know what I mean it was very different back then where the way I look at it and a lot of other people do too is that when the next generation children are watching TV they look at the characters that are on TV and can relate or they want to be them. They inspire them. they think that that's what life is. I honestly exactly. think that yeah, TV trickles down into the view and the feeling of life and their goals and what they think that they could could become as well. So let's, diversity is important. Uh, let's face it, uh, those uh, kids, the children
1: that you talk about, they're already in classrooms. Uh, with multiple cultures at the moment so it's it's their world and they're very used to it as opposed to as you said you know some of the earlier generations it might have come as as more of a a surprise or a difference but uh, they go into any elementary school these days and you'll see the United Nations represented there
0: oh very cool so Fred what else about you you know like we're gonna be sharing with the audience a lot more of your your history and you know, being on television in the '70s and '80s, making your own shows, being a radio host, working with like the biggest stars that came to Canada. But what about uh, you? Like, what is your message that you really want to share with people with everything you've experienced?
1: You know, that's a very good question, and it's one actually that that uh, I've thought about when I'm when I'm not uh, actually acting or pretending to be somebody else. But in fact. <laughs> I'm invited somewhere because I'm I'm who I am, and and uh, I, I have a lot of corporate clients and government clients and not-for-profit organization clients that have me in uh, some on an annual basis to uh, host their conferences
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, or hand out the awards that they hand out each year, and and when I try to identify, when people say to me, well, what exactly do you? do when you do that and I try to figure out what it was and I think it's this uh, my job when I'm the MC for the nurses or the engineers or the accountants or whatever the occupation is I think my job that night is to celebrate who they are and why they should be proud of what they do for a living and what they contribute to each other as an association or an occupation and to their clients, whether they be financial clients or, or medical patients or buyers of, of whatever products they're selling kind of thing. I think my job is to is to lead the celebration, if yes. you will, of, of what it is and what they do well, why they're being honored and why what they do is essential to our society and, and general well-being. And when I go in with that attitude... Lots of things happen. I can I can make fun of certain yep. issues or or uh, uh, assumptions, and uh, I can bend a few, break a few. I can get I can get uh, a little happy with them, and I can get a little serious with them as well. And point out that from an outsider's view, like my my own, how integral what they do for a living has been in my life in the various times when I have desperately needed the services of. Uh, the uh, police or the fire department or the, uh, the medical services at a local hospital, uh, or something that I required some legal help on, or yep. just something that celebrates, I think, people. I hope people.
0: Isn't that uh, what acting is? Like a friend of mine told me one time, they said, you know, art and life is, you know, and film is really about showing people how they live life. And it's lessons, just like the Bible or whatever. It's the lessons that you're taught within the story and what the character go through. How many times do we all sit and watch and there's a relatable character, and you actually learn, like, wow, if you do this, you know, that's what behind the scenes happens, or maybe I shouldn't do that, because that's how people are. Like, there's, you know, there's that saying, you know, when the artist is trying to make it, and it's hard, no one's giving him a break, or whatnot, and there's no money to be had to even move forward your career the way you need support, and media, and all of that. And it's kind of like, the strength that we have to keep going is shown on television all the time with people that are failing and they get back up and they do it again. And that's a huge real thing in life right now that it's, that it's like, we all just have to keep on going no matter sometimes how, how it hurts or people hurt you or whatnot. There's a lot of jealousy within this industry. And and that's one thing That when you get into it, you don't really realize how much that can affect you. The political game of being an artist and doing it the proper way when you get in, like doing it through school and then going through the proper channels instead of, you know, low grade stuff that doesn't really do much for you anyway. Or women who go nude right away in their stuff, you know, And, and many artists that I know wish they never did that kind of thing. So like right. be, being an actor, you are portraying someone else, but you're actually doing the things in a fake way. Like when you kiss somebody, right, in your new film, I'm sure you do hold, hand-holding, kissing, gazing into the eyes and how long you were on set with them. Relationships can build, feelings can build, you know, hopefully, you know, people keep as professional as possible, but you know, it's sometimes relationships build. But that, in its sense, to me, is pretty crazy what artists go through, is that when maybe you're getting punched or somebody's yelling and being mean at you, that's actually happening to, your, to you, you know?
1: Yeah, they say uh, when you're in some sort of a, a, a fight sequence, so to speak, uh, you, you have to watch out for that extra burst of adrenaline because your body doesn't know it's just pretend. You know, when you start to get defensive, or if you start to get aggressive, uh, your body doesn't doesn't know you're acting. It starts to get geared up uh, to uh, to fight or flee. Um, and so, uh, yeah, one has to always be aware of the fact that you want to make it as authentic as you can for not only the people you're working with, but the eventual viewers of. Whatever the story is that you're trying to tell, and and uh, again your your mention there of that kind of redemption thing—nobody's perfect; characters all have flaws, as do all human. But it doesn't mean we have to stay under the rock of our own sort of uh, uh, self-defeat or self-defense all the time. Uh, there there are opportunities for redemption, to uh, to rise above your your lower self and become your. Your better self or your best self. Well, those are some of the greatest stories ever told. Really,
0: yeah. You give some good advice there, Fred. Going back to the being a host, yes. I really feel that that is almost the most important. The narrator of the project or the ceremony is one of the. It's the most important thing among the other things of setting that up. But without the flow and being able to have somebody who is a performer and comfortable and can go with the flow with when there's hiccups or or they don't know somebody's name or something, that's really hard to do that. A lot of people that I know, they say, oh, Jill, I would love to be a host for your show or I'd love to be uh, doing this. And it's kind of like, well, there's a certain type of uh, artistry to standing up and commencing a whole night. (laughs) or day and letting the people watching you are you know the pace of the the whole thing is up to you and that's what I liked about what you did at the Rosie Awards um that you kept it moving along and you have that power actually as well and you're kind of the face of it when you're the MC so people wanting to be uh what you're doing and that's a lot of the the interviews we do is to inspire other people to share about who you are to you know show people hey maybe if that's what you're interested maybe you could do the same if you work hard too well i
1: that's that's a good point i uh, certainly the improv background comes in handy uh, there because those events are are of course live and what happens happens and then because all the eyes in the room are riveted on you, Uh, you're expected to have some sort of comment or solution to whatever the accident of the moment is. Um, And uh, yet, I used to say, I don't think I've ever been handled, or or, uh, I should say, I don't think I've ever been hired because of shows that went smoothly. I think I've been hired because when something happens that could knock the show off its rails, I've been fortunate enough to make some kind of smart aleck remark yeah, or yes. sarcastic uh, uh, a piece of business that gets it back or kills time until they can fix whatever went wrong, and then everybody saves face. The organizers are not embarrassed. Now the audience is... Is laughing, they're not sitting uh,
0: awkwardly. Uh,
1: yeah. Awkwardly. I mean, at one point I remember I was introducing the uh, lieutenant governor, uh, and of course there's a specific ceremony where uh, they are ushered in, they're the Queen's representative in the province, and, and uh, there's a certain piece of music that's played, and it played perfectly during the rehearsal in the afternoon, oh, no. and yet when the, the uh, actual uh, procession in happened, there was no music, and when the lieutenant governor reached the table, they're not allowed to sit down until the music is played and is over. So, so oh. the whole audience was standing up, waiting for for the music uh, to play, and it, it didn't come, and it didn't come, and the, the lieutenant governor uh, uh, looked up at me and said something like, do you want me to hum it or something? And I, I said, no, that's that's quite all right. Uh, Your Honor, it's just uh, I'm as interested in how this is going to play out as everybody else is.
0: Oh, and, <laughs> and you kept it. I know you, laugh, you. You know, do so. that. Yeah, a lot of jokes, a lot of laughing on the yeah. the stage, and that is what makes people happy, right? Yeah. Taking yourself well, yeah. out of that, having a good laugh. You know, seeing what's important in life, being a part of something. So I think you're the epitome of the golden boy of 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 Canada and especially the the west side of uh uh Canada too so
1: Well they do call me the massacre of ceremonies.
0: I saw that that's yeah I saw that <laughs> and I thought you know what I I don't agree because you do such an amazing job I would like to say you're more the voice of God is a a fun term for me to say. What <laughs> uh, <fair> a ball. <laughs> Well, uh, the audience definitely needs to check you out on Netflix, on Damnation, on VOD of um, Hallmark movies. Check him out on IMBD. Uh, You'll see him in the next issue as well and on our website, imherewithmag.com. And Fred, it has been a true honor and you are such a game player and so humble and never give anybody heck and i think that's awesome so thank you so much for your time
1: well thank you jill it's a it's a pleasure to have met you the number of times that i have and uh and it's an honor to be on on the podcast and to kind of be in the loop with uh, the i'm here with mag so thank you so much for the experience
0: oh no problem fred